0: to listen to? Well, look no further than the Rat Sound Review Network. Ratsaw Review is taking over the podcast world with plenty of shows to choose from within their network of entertaining programming, including the flagship show, Ratsaw Review, with Wayne Noon, Greg Noggle, and Lou Mavs, as well as occasional co-hosts Manny Mejias and James Lilquist. We also have the official Ratsaw Review spin-offs such as Album vs. Album, Screams from the Grave, where we discuss beloved yet forgotten hard rock and metal albums of the past, and a King Diamond podcast called This Broadcast Belongs to Them. We've also got Old Man Metal's Musings. The Metal Thrashing Nerd Podcast with Metal Thrashing Mike. The Timo Tolki Podcast featuring Stradivarius and Avalon founding member Timo Toki, The BS Sessions with Mark and Jerry. Just the Cheese Please, a podcast dedicated to cheesy films of the 1980s with Tara Jay and Adam. And the Music is Live podcast with Lou Mavs. The Ratsaw Review Network is your go-to one-stop shop for the best podcasts out there today. Go to RatsawReview.com for more info. And to find out where you can find, follow, subscribe, and comment on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and all streaming platforms. The Ratsaw Review Network. We're taking over. Hey guys, welcome to Metal Thrashing
1: Nerd Podcast. I am Metal Thrashing Mike, and today I have with me Mr. Wayne Noon from the band Project Resurrect. He is also the head honcho over at Rat Salad Review, which I am a part of. So what we got, boss? We got boss man today. What's up, Wayne?
2: You're a part of Rat Salad Review.
1: I am. When did that happen? Uh, a couple months ago, when you begged me to join.
2: Oh man! Well, well guess, guess what? what? You're fired. fired. You're fired.
1: Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> we'll <be free> <laughs> I'm gonna do whatever the fuck I want now.
2: Exactly. But now uh, you're always free to do what you want here. I don't care. As long as you put out your content. And uh, I welcome you to yeah. Rats Review. And uh, th- thanks uh, for having me on your show. Uh, this is, uh, I haven't, uh, all the shows that I, I, we have on the network, I, I do try to get them on the show to introduce them to our our network, but uh, sometimes it doesn't work out because a lot of people have different time zones and all that, but uh, I'm glad we were able to make this work out because this is the uh, first time we got to really talk in person.
1: The thing is, is we have the same time zone, but our work schedules are oh, yeah, complete. Yeah.
2: Your work schedule is ridiculous.
1: <laughs> you know, it works in my wives, so. Yeah, I guess. And we don't have to hire a babysitter for my kid, so, and I, you know, I like my job, it pays well, yeah. so.
2: That's so all it matters. As long. You get to pay the bills and uh, you know get to have your free time whenever. So.
1: Right? It all works. Yeah, it, it pays for a few plugins and stuff for recording. <laughs> <laughs> it's bought a couple of guitars and basses, you know. Oh, very cool. So, uh, you know, we're here t- today to talk about uh, Project Resurrect. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm sorry. Let me kind of ask you how that came about. I was actually reading part of your EPK as we were uh, about to do this, and my wife called me. Um. So you know, I think you're in kind of the same situation I was with Infernal Tyrant. Um, it said, you know, you're kind of fed up with putting up with other musicians.
2: Oh yeah. Which is That's funny, funny because, because now I'm in another band, and there's five musicians in that band.
1: <laughs> well, what's funny is you're a drummer. You know? I, I, yeah,
2: yeah. But uh, we all get along in that band. But yeah, I mean, when we first started making music, actually, I had a band back in like the early 2000s. Uh, and I think we broke up around 2008 or so. And that uh, was like, like a five-piece piece band. band. And towards the end of that, I mean, we were best friends. So, you know, we would hang out and just do whatever. We weren't just a band, you know? We were like a family. Yeah. And then when that band kind of like broke up, like towards the end, things started getting like weird. Some people started acting different. And then and also our, our vocalist was a female vocalist. And, you know, sometimes uh, other members start getting along a little too well with each other. So, you know, some relationships start to... uh form in that situation but uh that kind of yeah exactly so you know (laughs) once that happened that was you know that kind of killed everything because you know if they have a fight then it's the end of the band you know right so so that kind of happened and uh you know I, i got sick of that situation and then i did try to get into other bands and even starting this band we tried to get some other members in and uh they were good friends of ours but you know, you tell them, all right, we got the song ready to go. Go home and practice your solo for this section or whatever. And two, three weeks go by. Did you ever work on anything? No. So, like, you know, all right, fine. And, you know, I'm done. Why do I keep continuing to, you know, work with somebody that doesn't want to, you know, make the songs better or continue the band? So the, the band did, like, break up for a little while and, um, my guitarist Pete. I just said instead of relying on these other people to play, play music with us, let's just do it ourselves because he can play guitar and he can play bass. I can do drums, and uh, you know, if need may be, maybe one of us could sing. I found that I cannot sing. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I, I didn't check to see who's singing on that. Is that you? No, that is not me. Definitely not me. No. Uh, actually, I just tried singing on my new band stuff just to show my, our vocalists now. how to sing a song, and uh, I'm terrible. But uh, no, we had to... Uh, that, that actually was the worst part of the whole thing. Uh, we had the music done, and the whole idea was to make an EP. Because we weren't sure if we were going to uh, really do anything with this band or not. We just wanted to make some songs and finish some of the stuff that we already had. So uh, we had four songs done and we thought it would be very easy to find a vocalist because I know a lot of people between like my podcast and just friends from like message boards that I talk to because I know a lot of vocalists and stuff, but just nobody really worked out. Everybody's so busy on um, doing their own thing. So um, it probably took us maybe almost a year, almost two years to find a singer to actually, that we liked and, and to sing these songs. So uh, that was the worst part of the whole thing, but we ended up going, I don't know if you ever had a website Fiverr. Yeah. Yeah, we, we went there. We found a lot of singers there, and uh, some people were pretty cool. But one guy, the guy that we have on, on the album now, Leandro Bastos, he uh, really worked out well. He's, uh, he's from Germany, um, and he's he's got the voice that I want. I, I didn't want like the typical uh, power metal singer. And, and we're not like a power metal band. I, I don't consider us a power metal band. I mean, we have some power metal elements, but we're not like full on power metal, keyboardy, European style. Be a little
1: uh, more traditional heavy metal, right? Exactly.
2: Uh, so I, I didn't want one of those typical, like, Iron Maiden type uh, Bruce Dickinson vocalists or something. I wanted somebody that's kind of like uh, Andy Dears from Halloween, like, kind of like a, a raspy uh, or raspy right. voice. You wanted more of a Andy Dears Dio because Dio's
1: got more of that rasp,
2: yeah, exactly. So, uh, luckily, we were able to find that in uh, Leandro, and um, yeah, he sang like one of the first songs, and I was like perfect. You know, that's you're you're the guy. So that ended up working out really well. And he's actually a really good friend of ours now. And uh, once in a while we do cover songs uh, with my podcast and he did one of the uh, Stradivarius songs with us and he did a really good job on that too. So, and uh, yeah, he came, he worked out really well with us. We were very lucky to find him.
1: I'm glad you found somebody on Potter that did the job really well.
2: Yeah, yeah. I was kind of leery about doing that because I'd rather have just in case we ever got to invited to play a show. I'd like to find somebody local. But yeah, these songs were done, and and I couldn't I couldn't rely on waiting to find somebody here anymore. So
1: no, I mean I, I'm in the same situation with some stuff I've been writing, and I've got a buddy that's in like he's either in Chattanooga, or Alabama. I don't know where the hell he is now, but. Mm. You'll have to come down here soon to record vocals. So.
2: <laughs> well, that's the good thing about today's technology. You can buy an interface, which I had no idea about. Which is what uh, my guitarist he, he knows all about that stuff. So when we started this band, he's like, "We got to buy an interface." And, and my computer at the time was a total garbage. So I bought a brand new computer. And uh, yeah, I hooked all that stuff up, and it was such a, it was so much easier than to go into a studio because to go into a studio it costs like you know a lot of money. You know, I don't, we don't have. It's only two of us. I know, so yeah. So I couldn't see really spending the money on a studio. And and working from home was just so much easier.
1: I mean, if you record it as like a, you know, more of a live situation, yeah, I can see it. But, you know, in your situation or like in my situation where you're basically, uh, and people shun this term, but desktop metal. Right. There's nothing (laughs) wrong with it.
2: No, it's it's basically the beauty
1: of the technology. Right. That's the beauty of the technology is we can, you know, we can express ourselves in this way.
2: Exactly. And I prefer it that way anyway, because, you know, you've got so many more talent out there than that you wouldn't probably hear if this technology wasn't available, because nobody can really afford going exactly. to a studio. No, no, absolutely. Especially with things like GarageBand and um, yeah, even Reaper. I use Reaper. I mean, you can use that program for free or spend the $65 and, you know, turn the stupid uh, thing off that, that tells you, you know, it's free or whatever. And, uh, you know, use Reaper or whatever, you know, it's so much easier and cheaper nowadays to do music. Anybody can do music, but sometimes some people shouldn't. Yeah,
0: I know. <laughs>
1: Probably. I'm not going to tell anybody they shouldn't. I was actually a guitar teacher for a long time. So, you know, I, I, I've seen I've seen guys you know even in you know guitar class in high school that could barely do it and people made fun of them but it was like they kept at it so
2: yeah no, everybody, everybody should make music
1: absolutely world be a better place
2: yeah
1: um, so speaking of making music uh, you know you obviously couldn't make music if you didn't have certain influences in your life uh, what inspired you to start playing
2: drums. Uh, I was a huge fan of Def Leppard. Def Leppard was my first, I guess, rockish metal band when I was younger, and um, I was totally blown away by um, the drummer, and, Eric Allen. Yep, yeah, and then seeing that he's only had one arm, you know, like how do you play drums with one arm, you know? And then seeing his drum set and how it was set up and everything like that, so that really it blew me away. And I always wanted to, you know, be that drummer, but you know, I have both arms, but you know. Yeah, <laughs> I just it's always, always wanted to be. You don't need the triggers and stuff. that <laughs> No, he I, I do not. Which is funny though, because I—it's I, funny. I just found out that he did not play on those on the Adrenalize. Really? Yeah, I thought he did, so I was lying to. Him. Which is funny because he played on Hysteria. Well, yeah, no, he played on those earlier. I'm talking about Hysteria. He didn't play on Hysteria.
1: Yeah, no, that's what it's funny is adrenalized. He doesn't play long,
2: yeah. So I don't know, but it's just you know, it's, it's funny. I, I, you know, you idolized somebody, know, somebody and he didn't play on the album, <laughs> <laughs> so <you laughs> but it's still cool. You know, he's he, obviously he plays live, so it does get it done, yeah. No, absolutely. I mean,
1: he got it done back in the day too on like uh, high and dry or oh, the Night.
2: yeah. Hell yeah, those are my favorites. I mean, those first three albums, you can't beat those first three albums,
1: no, no, the first three are you know. Really awesome. After that, it got a little too poppy. It was definitely more of the new wave of British heavy metal sound.
2: Oh yeah, yeah.
1: I know even Carrie King said that he loved uh, On Through the Night.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Th- th- those are the best. You know, I mean, Hysteria is the one I grew up on. That one's if I didn't hear that one first, then I would never went backwards and heard the older albums. But those older albums are actually better than Hysteria. So I mean, uh, yeah. without those, I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't be you know a musician today because those those albums got me to where I am. So.
1: Yeah, I was actually going to ask you how big of an influence Peter Chris was on
2: you. No. <laughs> no? None at all. No, because I, I didn't get into Kiss until like maybe I was in uh, middle school-ish or whatever. And um, I, I still, to, to this day, I don't think he's that great of a drummer. I mean, he's great for what he does. I mean, he's a jazz drummer, and um, I, I don't know. Some things he did, didn't really click with me, but uh, I, I was more of a... Um, uh, Eric Carr, drummer. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, well, I mean
1: Eric Carr was a better drummer. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: and, and uh, pretty
1: good singer too.
2: Yeah, he was more of a metal, hard rock drummer, you know. So yeah, yeah. And even Eric Singer, I mean, I love Eric Singer. I, a lot of people give him shit for putting on that makeup nowadays, but uh, he's he's a great drummer too.
1: Well, you know, the, the irony in that statement is that uh, you know I think of somebody like uh, like Bill Ward, who's almost a jazz drummer, and I think a Sabbath, you know. Yeah. Yeah. you know, one of the heavy bands at the time, and uh, you know, Peter Chris being more of a jazz drummer, you right? Know?
2: Exactly. It's funny because uh, actually, Garth uh, Sanderson, he's he's a, a more of a jazz drummer, you know.
1: Oh, absolutely. And, Him and Chris Pullen were in jazz band
2: before Megadeth, right? Exactly. And and, and Gar, Gar I love. I think he's way better than Peter Chris. I mean, he, he's because he, he made Megadeth, you know, his, his drumming style. And once he was gone, that style left, and the Megadeth kind of. You know they were still good, but just not as good as those first two albums. So Gar, I could say I would say he's better than Peter Chris.
1: You know, I kind of it's uh, it's it's a hard point there. I can't decide between Rest in Peace or uh, you know Peace sales. Right. Yeah. Now, I, I, I work think with guitar player, of it's a little bit different too. Right. Exactly. So I mean,
2: those are two totally different eras of uh, Megadeth. But uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, most of them are good. You know, I, I can't hear
1: One was coked out and the other was actually sober. Right, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, as far as playing some of the songs on here and recording them, uh, what was the most difficult one for you?
2: Uh, Anything with double bass. (laughs)
1: Anything with double bass? (laughs) Yeah, because
2: I I gave up drums for probably about six years. And um, I just, I would lost the feeling. And I didn't think I would. But I, I, apparently I did, you know, and it really took me a long time to get the double base feeling back to try to get my legs moving like I used to, you know. Right. I, I, and of course, you know, I gained some weight. I didn't gain that much weight, so I don't think I'm like 800 pounds, but you know, I, I did gain some weight and it, it did affect my playing a lot, you know, and still to but this day. I still all right.
1: yeah. They can see me here. I'm like 260,
2: bro. <laughs> well, I'm not too far, but, uh, um, yeah, it, it really did take a while to kind of get back into that double bass type thing. And and that's what I love doing. Because I, I once, like I, you know, like I said, I was uh, a big fan of Def Leppard. And then as I grew older, I got into bands like Metallica, who would start using double bass. And uh, Halloween, that's my favorite band. And that was like all double bass. So I always wanted to do double bass in my playing. And um, yeah, it, more like my first band, Phoenix reign. Uh, I always wanted to do it in that band, but there was really never any opportunities to really do it. Uh, a few spots here and there. But when I did Project Resurrect, I said, I, I really want to get more double bass going in these songs. And I was able to do it, but it was, it was a hard thing to do.
1: Well, I can shoot you some riffs and you can get plenty of double bass going.
2: <laughs> yes, I know. I've heard some of your songs. So, and, uh, yeah, there's some, there's some really cool double bass stuff going on in there as well.
1: No, absolutely. I mean, I enjoyed the music a lot. Uh, you know, the singer was really good on your album. It took me a minute to get into because, uh, you know, when I get the EPK, it's like power metal, and I was like, "Yeah, oh, okay, this is more of the like you said, Andy Beers, and uh, you know, probably the Dio type of it. It's, it's yeah. more
2: of the uh, the U- U.S. power metal, you know. Which, yeah, which it's more people don't. Like Right, which people don't really realize, it, there was two different power metals: there's U.S. and there's is European power metal. But everybody seems to gravitate towards European power metal because that got huge in like the early two thousands. So everybody forgets about the U.S. power metal.
1: Well, you know, even then the the European is like kind of split because you've got like the the British fans and stuff like right. that, and then yeah. you've got more of your German, you know, yeah. type of bands, and they're. Quite
2: a bit different. Yeah, they, definitely. Which, which I you know I, I, that's a mistake of mine too when we first started this band. You know, me and Pete both are, Halloween's our favorite band, both of yeah. us, which is funny. Uh, but, you know, and, it, we do have some similar Halloween type sounds in some of these songs. But I, when we first uh, started doing the PRs for this, I, I said, you know, we're power metal. But thinking about it, then one of the, one of the reviews we got, they were expecting power metal. And, um, you know, obviously you didn't get the keyboards and all that stuff. So then I kind of thought, rethought that. And I said, Nah, we're really not power metal. We're more of a new wave of traditional heavy metal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If we had the keyboards in there, I could see power metal. It, it, it's funny. Uh,
1: you, I always hear that new wave of, like, traditional power metal or, like, uh, I remember the one back when I was a teenager. It was new wave of American heavy metal. It was like Lamb of God. And, yeah, right, right shadows fall and shit so it's funny we keep recycling that
2: for metal yeah exactly it's (laughs) i can't stand all these subgenres it's insane
1: (laughs) i mean i get the points of them but you know uh when we get into like pirate metal and uh you know disco metal or whatever or neo grind hardcore or something like you know some stupid shit
2: yeah yeah it just gets a little
1: ridiculous exactly I can't gripe too much because I'm a Bay 3 fan. So they went from you know old school black metal to Viking metal, and that's, that last one's like an undefinable subgenre. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: No, I don't like too many of those type bands.
1: <clears throat> so um, I don't know where we're at on time because I can't see it on Zoom.
2: Well, this is I we're 10, oh yeah I don't know what it is on. But it's uh, yeah, I think it went like ten minutes. minutes. Yeah.
1: So let me <clears throat> let me ask you real quick. Uh, What's it been like, uh, you know, getting getting away from having to work with so many musicians? And, you know, at this point, you're working with one other person and having to write this stuff. Is there a little bit more of a, a, a difficulty to it or is it, is it slow better?
0: It's
2: it's so much easier. Yeah. Because and, and uh, usually Pete, he comes up with these uh, guitar riffs and me and him know what we want to do. It's funny because he'll write one guitar riff and I'm like, perfect. That's what I, I want. And And it, working with him has been so easy. 'Cause we're almost he, we almost think alike, basically in a way. So um it's actually been very, very easy. And when I put my drums to his stuff, he 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 pretty much likes everything. He never really says, you know, this is not good, dude is over, whatever he, whatever I do, he's fine with it. So it's been really easy that way. So and I was thinking too, if we do another album, maybe we'll have another bass player come on the album and, and do stuff. But it kind of works with just me and Pete and we don't have yeah, to man. argue with anything.
1: So well, as long as your guitar player understands that he can handle, you know, bass in the way you're supposed to treat a bass,
2: right? You're yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think, think he did, he did pretty good.
1: good. Well, with you know, power metal too, it's uh, you know, you run into stuff too where you, you're playing more roots than you are playing the riff sometimes. So. Right.
2: Yeah, exactly. As
1: long as you understand that, and understand when to do that, it's you know, a guitar player can handle it easy
2: yeah yeah and i think he did a pretty good job because that was actually the first time he's ever tried bass is doing this album and um yeah and and the funny thing is at the time when we first started with these songs he did not have a bass guitar so what what he did was he used his regular guitar and then used some kind of plugin to turn it into a bass
1: yeah um i used to do like i had a pedal board and i would uh set up on my zoom i'd put like an octave down yeah on the octave thing and cut it down a whole octave, and then I'd use that as the bass. <laughs> this is like way back in the day, you know. This yeah. is when I first started like goofing around with recording demos and stuff. So, I mean, you know, guitar players and stuff are always jacking off.
2: Yeah, exactly. But well, hey, whatever works, you know, whatever you got. But uh, yeah, no, you know,
1: absolutely. As long as you get the music out there, yeah, it's, it's all right. it. Yeah.
2: But people would, would end up buying the, yeah. the, the bass, bass anyway. The bass I mean, wasn't recorded on this album, so it wasn't a guitar right yeah.
1: well i mean you know i enjoyed your album too and I, I i you know my biggest critique with any album is does it start out strong mm-hmm. i've always had that mentality of does my opening track pull me in right. and i can definitely say that we are one you know it helped pull me in once i got used to the vocals and you know realized what i was listening to there you know it's it's a great track and it's it's a <clears throat> it's a great you know it's a great first track it's a great
2: starter yeah. So, the, funny, the funny thing about that song is it's actually an old song from my old band We really? yeah we had it uh, we never recorded it officially so I had it on cassette in one of our studio rehearsals or whatever and uh, we just never got to do it and I asked them I said do you guys care if I take this song and most of them said no and uh, we took it, rearranged some things and, and you know Pete did some different things on the guitars uh, and we obviously changed the vocals and everything, all the lyrics and uh, we made it our own song. So it's it's, it's an old cool. song, but it, it, fits it fits in with uh, where we wanted to go with the music. So I, I was glad that uh, they let me use that. Not
1: any problems. That's the usual thing is reworking stuff you've had for years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I know, uh, I know Jim Harris from Emissary was on here like last week, and mm. he was talking about some of that material had been, you know, all the way back to like 96 and stuff, oh, 94 on yeah. his new one. Yeah. So it's nothing. It's nothing unusual. Recycled stuff. I think I have recycled stuff from my last band. You know, yeah. And bands they that into that one.
2: Yeah. Well, that one was a little tough for me because you know I didn't write the song. You know, so I just played the drums on it. I didn't write all, any of those bands' songs. I just you know did my parts. Yeah. And uh, there, there is still one more song that I would like to do, but I, I probably won't go back and bother with it. We, me and Pete now know what we want to do, so we have our own stuff.
1: So as a drummer. um, What's some advice you can give to other, you know, drummers out there, young drummers? You know, you've done this for a long time. What's some advice you can give to them as far as, you know, uh, improving their playing or, uh, you know, just in a, in a scenario of
2: recording? Uh, don't do what I did and uh, don't uh, take lessons. I, I, I never took lessons and I, and I regret that. So make sure you go and get lessons because uh, that will help you learn time signatures. And, you know, when other musicians tell you to play a certain way, you'll know it. You know, and there's some things that it does take me a while to get because I, I taught myself, you know, and, and how I taught myself was I remember those hit sticks? You ever, Remember those back in the day? Yeah. It was like, it was like those little uh, drum sticks. They were attached to like this little speaker and they would make drum sounds. And I taught myself how to use, how to play drums through that. And I would practice on my bed, you know, pretending I had a drum set. But well, that's
1: how a lot of kids start out in lessons, too. You know, they start out with a pad and two right. sticks.
2: Yeah. Yep. And then when I was in school, I went to um, the, the music class, and I, I I wanted to learn drums. But then they, they teach you how to do... how to, Actually, how you're supposed to play is, you know, on the little pad, you know? And I didn't want to start like that. So I did get to learn how to hold the sticks and how to, you know, play with your wrists and all that stuff. But I should have really followed more through with it because there is a lot of stuff that I wish I knew how to do. But, you know, I just make it work somehow. But definitely go get lessons.
1: Well, That's the upside is now is... You know, there's, there's so much, there's so many resources online that you can usually kind of correct, you know,
2: later oh, on. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, YouTube is a huge help.
1: Yeah, YouTube. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. actual, uh, some more uh, legit sites out there for that too, though, for sure.
2: But for the kids that have no money, go to YouTube.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's most kids.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because you also too, when you're younger, you don't know if you really want to play, you know, that instrument. And you know, you know, don't don't go spending thousands of dollars on your first instrument. You know, get the cheapest one, and then if you continue to play it, then build yourself up and, and go spend the money and, and buy the real drum kits and all that stuff and all the real cymbals and everything. But you know, start out small. You know, there's no reason to be big because you might not play it for the rest of your life. You do you don't know what's going to happen.
1: So uh, let me ask you real quick: as a Halloween fan. How was it going? How was it living
2: through the '90s? <laughs> well, actually, I didn't get into Halloween until the '90s. That was like '91.
1: Oh well, okay, yeah. So, how
2: did you survive through Chameleon? <laughs> I, I actually loved Chameleon. Uh, that, really? was, that was the first album I bought when it was brand new. I, I was introduced to Halloween around that time. That I think like '91, '92, and um, I started with Keepers Two and went. My friend worked me backwards to Keepers One and then Walls of Jericho, and then. After I know I, I listened to those nonstop, and then Chameleon was coming out. And I was so excited, and you know I got it and I, I loved it. I thought the album was great. Uh, I, back then, it didn't really matter to me, and still today, it doesn't really matter to me. when bands change their it. sound? Bands should really move on. They, they shouldn't continue to make the same album over and over again. Chameleon, yes, was a huge shock, but it, it really didn't faze me. Whatsoever. Okay. Even Pink Balls Gwae, I, I bought that on CD. I, I couldn't, couldn't even listen to it because I didn't have a CD at the them. time. And uh, I had to go to a friend's house, and he had to transfer it over to a cassette for me. And uh, I, I loved uh, Pink Balls Gwae too. I thought they were good for those times. And, and what they were going through, I thought they were good albums. And actually, you know, they,
1: They've only started experimenting a lot on a right. *Keeper* with, uh, like, sampling, sampling and stuff like that. You know, you listen to a song like Rise and Fall, the and there's so much sampling going on there. Oh, yeah, definitely.
2: But the, I think Chameleon was like their best sounding album, even to this day. It's like it's everything is so clear and just you can hear like the room they recorded in and everything, and everything's so warm. and Just a lot going on in that album. And it really needs to uh, get better praise for you know what it was. Right. A lot of people give a shit. I, I totally get it because it's not Halloween, but uh, there's a lot of really cool stuff on there.
1: Yeah, I, I think I'm one of the guys that splits off after Keeper, and uh, I kind of go towards more of the gamma ray and what Kai was doing.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, Game is cool, too. But I always stuck on Halloween.
1: Yeah, uh, I was going to ask you who your favorite Halloween singer is, but I think it's Andy Dears.
2: Um, Yeah, Michael, Michael Kiske, too, too, though. I was, I was really excited, excited to see, see him come, come back in the, in the band. band. I, but I love both of them, uh, and, and I'm happy now that they're both in the band because I get to hear both of them. So I'm I'm either one.
1: I mean, I was excited to see Kai. You see, I'm more of the Kai guy.
2: Yeah. <laughs> no, Kai's cool, too. I, You know, he only did the one Halloween album. So And, and then that, when he... In Gamory, when, when he did switch over, over to, to finally time. doing vocals, I was excited to hear him singing again. But he can't yeah. sing like he used to. So, no. you know, but Michael Kiske, he still sings like he used to when he was 19 years old.
1: Well, you know, that's that's from all the smoking that Kai does. Because if you've ever seen like the, the the Canada show they did on DVD, right? Like he opens up his suitcase and there's like three cartons of cigarettes in there. <laughs>
2: God. But yeah, no. Smoking and drinking. Yeah, but Michael Kiske. I mean, when he left the the metal world, uh, you know, I was excited to hear him singing on his solo album. You know, which they weren't that great, but some the first one was cool. And then when he did um, uh, a song with Tim Tolkki, that was that that blew me away. I mean, I, I still love that song to this day. I think that was like some of his best vocals and stuff. And then when he finally got back then he finally got back into metal doing the Policeman Vendome and all stuff. It's you know great to hear him back. But yeah, I like both. I have no preference. I, Halloween's my favorite band. They can do no wrong. I mean, they do have some shitty songs, but for the most part, they can yeah. do wrong.
1: <laughs> That's, and, man, we've all got that, man. That's how I am a creator. No no band's perfect. perfect. Well, death. They didn't have a bad album. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think we've been through this before with the vocal things. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm very picky, I'm very picky, picky with vocals. With
1: yeah, uh, have you heard, um, since you're uh, uh, a Kiski fan and a fan of Halloween, have you heard Unisonic? I had to look him up, I couldn't hear his name. Yeah, Yeah, I was, about to, I was about to ask you about that, man. I was glad to see him do that with Kai. Okay. Yeah,
2: uh, yeah that, that's what really led him back to Halloween. So. And, and that band's basically, it's almost like Pink Cream 69. It's Pink Cream 69, and they, uh, I think the, the bass player, uh, Dennis Ward, and the drummer from that band, or in unisonic and then they got with, with kai Hansen and michael kiske
1: so you're, you're you're a lot
2: more detailed than
1: me but if uh people oh might see God. your seating collection behind you
2: if it's <laughs> halloween I, I i know a lot of stuff so right i'm terrible at some of the history but if yeah halloween i know i know most of the bands and all this the, the side, side projects, projects. It's, it's funny because, because i always joke because halloween's been around forever and they've had a lot of members in and out of the band but it's funny because you know i'll find a band a new band listen to and somehow that band will link to Halloween. either the drummer will play with this guy the guitarist that was in the band or something it just always links back to Halloween. it's really funny
1: yeah so what's that game is it uh was it three steps or four steps or whatever from each right. you know person trying to connect connect the dots <laughs> with metal you know i mean me and somebody else talk about this like uh with florida death metal in particular it was like you, you could link, link them, them from one person, one person to the next and link all those bands, you know. Yeah. And it's, it's a lot like that with power Metal, too.
2: Exactly. And that's how Halloween is. You, you rip up that, uh, the uh, family tree thing, and it's like, you know, it's like a, a CPSC seed.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For all you old people, Kmart. <laughs> yeah, I, <too. laughs> I think there's one left in the world.
2: <laughs> yes, there is. Actually, uh, yeah, it's here probably because there is one.
1: Oh, is there one? Okay, then there's, there's more one. than one because I think there's one in Puerto Rico.
2: Oh, all right. Wow.
1: That's like yeah. one of the last stores. It's like in Puerto Rico. Oh, wow. Yeah,
2: where the, where the one is out here, it just it, it's towards the east end of Long Island. So it's um, once it gets out there, it's all like old uh, like antique shops and stuff like that. But there's that that one Kmart. Right. <laughs> you never know. Oh, uh, I man, think ours, man, got ours got converted into uh,
1: like two random stores, and one of them was an Ollie's, and I was just so I got checking out. I went in there. There were nothing but comics and shit. And I was like, "Okay, we're cool." <laughs> so
2: really came over. I'm, I'm kind of upset about the Kmart thing because uh, you're a wrestling fan too, and, and I, I do. I'm yeah, a wrestling I'm fan, fan, and uh, I collect the rep here the uh, the retro figures. The um yeah. The, yeah. So they were only uh, Kmart exclusives. So now Kmart's gone.
1: Yeah, I've got a Randy Savage up here. Uh, uh, cool. They started doing a lot of Target exclusives. You know, I got yeah. the yeah. WrestleMania Three Randy.
2: Okay, cool. Yeah, the yeah. No, I'm a huge Savage guy. Oh, nice. The Target ones, the Target exclusives, are paying it too. But uh, the Kmart exclusives, when they did those retro series, which are actually redoing again, they're they're um, making new ones now. Uh, I don't know where they're going to be. So I, I hope it's not going to be Target.
1: <laughs> Probably Toys R Us. They're starting to do pop up stores in like Macy's and stuff.
2: Right, I have seen those.
1: Okay, so yeah, that throws us into the hobby thing. I mean, are you know. You know. You're obviously a toy collector, too, if you're collecting wrestling stuff.
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I used to have a lot of wrestling figures. I, I had over maybe two, 300 figures. and then, Wow. Um, yeah, it was getting to be out of hand. And then once I moved out of my house to the house I'm in now, I was kind of like, you know what? I really need to get rid of some of this stuff. So, right. So I did sell a lot of them. But I have all my ECW figures. They're still in my cabinet over there. And uh the retro, new retro figures. Um, I do collect a lot of Batman figures. I have all the Batman 66 stuff. Um, I have the original ones that they released a few years ago. And now they Todd McFarlane did his uh, Batman 66 stuff. So I'm yep. getting those, which I don't really like as much as the other ones. Um, yeah, I bought one of the
1: McFarlane statues. I don't know if you can see it, but I've got... Uh...
2: I see something. Yeah.
1: Robert Pattinson up there.
2: Oh, okay, all right, cool. I get to see that one.
1: Yeah, they did the Gold Series, and I was like, okay, I'll get the, I'll get the Pattinson. We're yeah. cool. It looks awesome.
2: Yeah, I still gotta watch that Batman movie. I haven't watched it yet. It's three hours long. I'm just, I don't know if I'm in the mood for that.
1: It's not as bad as people make it out to be. Oh, yeah, At least yeah, not yeah. to me. I thought it was a better Batman movie.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't care what people say. I like Batman, so I'm sure it's okay.
1: you I mean, too. Yeah. I've got to ton of stuff. I love reading the older stuff too, like uh, oh, yeah. oh god, um, God, why well, can't remember Denny O'Neill?
2: Uh, yeah, I don't know
0: what
1: it is. Ah, god, I love Denny O'Neill, Steve Englehart, all great Batman writers from the 60s and 70s.
2: Oh, okay, yeah. Lynn Wayne. Yeah, yeah, I bought some of those older books, Um, uh, you yeah, know, because it, it combines all the stories or whatever, so you know, some of them are weird, but, uh,
1: Yeah, I've got some of the Chronicles, but mostly like the first two or three. I don't move into like fifties and early sixties Batman
2: because that's just. I got upset before my son was born. I started. I really wanted to get into comic books again because I was a big comic book fan. So I went to the comic book store and I bought one of those uh, the compilation things, and I started with Batman. I said I really want to get into Batman again, and uh, yeah, I started reading all those old ones. And you know, again, like my records, like I said before, I'm only going to buy a hundred, but no,
1: yeah,
2: you know, it just keeps going.
1: Same problem. Don't feel bad. It's, it, we're hoarders.
2: Yeah, pretty much.
1: So, uh, That's something
2: neat order, so I'm not that big.
1: I'm going to have to cut this one off so we can move to the next podcast. All right. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you doing this. I'm going to give you a minute here to let everybody know where we can find Project Resurrect, where we can buy your merch, and where we can hear it.
2: Uh, anybody can go to projectresurrect.bandcamp.com they can also go to ratsaladreview.com everything is on there it links to uh, the Project Resurrect stuff you can go to Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram just search search Rat or Project Resurrect and you'll find everything. YouTube we're on there as well So we're everywhere
1: well guys, thanks for listening, be sure to check out Project Resurrect and obviously be sure to check out Rat Salad, Uh, my boss is here so I have to promote it and uh yeah thanks for listening peace guys
2: see you
1: hey everybody thanks for sticking around till the end of the episode and while i have your attention be sure to go over to rats where you can hear a very special interview where wayne noon asked me about the music i've written for infernal tyrant so be sure and go listen to that and show some support to wayne and myself i don't talk about my music here a lot because i don't want to take away from the bands that are here but I got an opportunity, and I wanted to let you know that it's out there if you, you want to go, go listen. So thanks again for listening to the Metal Thrashing Nerd podcast. Thanks for supporting the bands that are on here. And thank you.